Eleven Years Too Long by Madeline Honig. It's time, Jared called, approaching me. I saw Jared nearly every day for the past 11 years, but I'd never been as happy to see him as I was today. I was sitting on the bare mattress bed, and I closed my eyes in a little thank you prayer. But this was no longer my bed. I got up and walked out of my cell, but this is no longer my cell. Someone else can grace their presence with this bed and this cell now. I had already gathered a few belongings I had come to cherish over my 11 years here. My journal, my Bible, the stand, a Stephen King novel I'd read again and again and never got sick of, and a few small trinkets. I put these items in a provided paper bag. I left my toiletries and items I was happy to say goodbye and leave behind. I followed Jared down the hall and through passageways. Today, the passageways looked different. I guess it was because it had been 11 years since I saw them last. He led me to a room and asked me to wait. He walked through a door on the other side of the windowless room. Waiting was all I did around here. 11 minutes, 11 hours, it didn't matter to me at this point. I had already waited 11 years and now I was leaving this place and that was all that mattered to me. What were a few hours added on to a few years? I sat in one of the four plastic chairs lined against the wall, clenching my paper bag. The floor was concrete and the cinder block walls were painted a light green. The light was a bit harsh, but after 11 years, one becomes accustomed to the harsh lighting. One becomes accustomed to all kinds of things they would never thought they would have. Hard services, bland food, noise, avoiding confrontation, and not seeing your loved ones. 11 years is enough time to dull one's senses to anything. As I sat, I thought about how I ended up here, how it was a case of the wrong place at the wrong time. I happened to be wearing a black hoodie in the same neighborhood at the same time another man with dark skin was wearing a black hoodie. This other man shot and killed a liquor store attendant a block away from where I was. I was wearing a black hoodie and out for a jog after my late night job. Pair that with a public defender, and that is all it took to find me guilty. That day, my muscles were still sore from leg day. I should have listened to my body. I should have stayed home. It was God's ways of telling me to stay home. But I didn't listen. I decided that a short jog was better than no jog at all. That was an 11-year mistake. It took them 11 years to match the DNA of the real killer with the DNA found at the scene of the crime, 11 years of having the evidence and the technology, but not getting around to it. That was 11 years too long. Jared came back into the room. Follow me, is all he said. He signaled to a window and I set my paper bag on the ledge. A large woman in her late 40s and short wild hair sat on the other side of the window. Although I was standing well above six feet, she was perched above me and made me feel small. That is another thing one gets used to with 11 years in here, feeling small. Feeling smaller than the guards and the other prisoners. Feeling smaller than ever before in my life. Please sign at the bottom here, she said, placing a form and a pen in a metal box and sliding it over for me to retrieve. I reviewed it to verify that it was not a form to stay for another 11 years or a transfer to another facility for another 11 years. I put the pen to paper and made the loops I had developed in the outside world. I slid it back to her in the metal box. And this one, 
Again, I reviewed it, signed it, and slid it back into the metal box. Here are your things. She now slides a clear plastic bag with my name written on it in the metal box. Please review it and sign the paper included when you have verified everything is there. There is also a bus ticket you can use to get to where you need to go. I review the contents of the clear bag, a pair of black basketball shorts, a white shirt, and a black hoodie, sweaty socks, and a pair of Air Force Ones, a Fitbit, and a pair of keys. That is it. I sign the paper and slide it back through her metal box. You can change in the restrooms over there. Put your jumpsuit in the provided receptacle. She points to a door opposite to where she is sitting, and you are free to leave through those doors. She points to the doors at the end of the room. Through the sliding glass, I can see the outdoor. Although it was daytime, it is dark and looks cold, but I can't wait to breathe in the fresh, damp air. I enter the restrooms, enter the handicap stall, and set both bags on the floor. I change into my shorts and shirt. I put my socks on and then my Air Force Ones. The Fitbit is dead, but it's the only possession I have, so I put it on my wrist. The keys are in my pocket. I was sure the locks have changed, but I needed to see for myself. I bundled the jumpsuit and the hoodie in one and dispose of it in the reciprocal provided. Someone else can have that hoodie. It's no use to me. As quick as I can, I'm out of the restroom and on my way to the outside world. I walk swiftly, worried that at the last moment, someone will grab my arm and tell me, just kidding, you get to do another 11 years. But no one comes. The first door opens, and then the second, and I feel the cold breeze on my skin. I look up and take a big breath. My face is wet, and I'm unsure if it's a tear or rain. I stretch out my arms like a cross, dropping the paper bag in movement. I start spinning and I can't stop. The white t-shirt is soaked through, but I can't stop spinning. After 11 years, I don't know what's next for me, but I do know it could only be up from here.